Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. I am your host, Stephen Heinecker, and this is a very special episode of Mormon Book Reviews, which actually is MMR, Mormon Media Reviews, and my frequent co-host, Rebecca Biblioteca. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Steve. I always love to be your co-host. Yes, I, I think you are just brought such an awesome dynamic to the program, and I really appreciate all the work that you've done for the channel. You've really blessed me. Thank you. Um, so we have a very special guest on our program today, and her name is Jennifer Camp. <laughs> and uh, I just have to say, uh, our paths crossed earlier this year on the set of Mormon Stories. Mm-hmm. I did not know who you were. I caught a glimpse of you because you, I think the previous night you were interviewing Sandra Tanner. I was like, who's that person? And then the next thing in that morning, it's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. uh, (laughs) It was so cool because both you and I agree. We've had conversations in between uh, episodes and just afterwards that we really felt like there was kind of divine intervention that brought us together in the studio of Mormon stories, that it was kind Mm -hmm. of a, a, a divine appointment, if you will. And uh, Jennifer, I, I know that a lot of people, uh, a lot's happened, a lot has happened since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would wish to uh, say a few words to the audience to address uh, some of the changes that are happening, which of course, this is mainly an episode about your new podcast, which we're going to talk about. But perhaps yeah. before we get that, get there, mm-hmm. why don't you just address the audience with what uh, you'd like to say? Um, Yeah, I know um, I haven't said anything publicly um yet and i thought coming on the podcast i should probably say something because um i'm sure there's a lot of um people wondering um all i've been advised to say at this time is that um on august 25th i received an email that said mormon stories and the open stories foundation was restructuring and that i was terminated from my position there, um, both as director of operations and as co-host of Mormon Stories podcast. Um, I I do not agree with what they are saying um, as far as um, what I have heard um, in the public so far. And um, at this time, that's all I can say. And I'm sorry that I can't say more, um, but at this time, um, that's been, that is what I've been advised to say. Um, as soon as I can say more, um, I will, um, when that feels right to me and, um, in a, in a space and a, and a time that feels right to me. So I, I do apologize that I can't say more, um, because I know that, it's hard when you've connected with someone, you know, through a podcast or through, you know, comments or, you know, emails. Um, there's, I know there's, um, all the, um, abuse victim emails that came in and, um, I wasn't able to reply to. And so there's a lot of, um, stopped communication and I feel bad that, um, I haven't been able to address it um, or, you know, respond to the public in any way at this time. But I do want to be um, respectful of my situation right now and um, what I've been advised at this time. 
And so um, that's all I can say. And I know it's not a lot and I apologize for it not being a lot today, but that is kind of where, where I have to be at this time. Okay. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you. And, you know, like even I kind of get it now, even just like I imagine, yeah, you're in correspondence with people and then all of a sudden radio silence and people, and you probably feel bad because you want to talk to those people and, and see if they're okay. And mm-hmm. man, okay. My, my heart goes out to you and I'll keep you in my prayers. And, um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to all get through this, I'm sure. And you're going to get through it and you're going to, you're going to thrive yeah. and you are going to do well because <laughs> you're going to be uh, launching a podcast this Monday, October yes. 10th. Uh, yes. What's the name of the podcast? So the podcast is called Our Truth Be Told, and it is a women-led podcast. Uh, myself and my partner in the podcast is Ari. And what's kind of unique about our podcast, which you might um, like, uh, Stephen, is that our podcast is, um, it's audio, it's video, and it's written. So uh, we have a blog on our website, ourtruthbetold.com, where the Thursday or Friday before our podcast comes out the following week, we do... um, Ari's just amazing writer. She's just an amazing writer. And she writes up these um, previews of the podcasts and all the information about who we're interviewing. And she puts that out kind of as a preview so people can go onto the blog, read about who's coming up the next week, look at all their links, get to know them, and then kind of be more engaged within the audio or the YouTube podcast because they kind of feel like they already know them a little bit. And it's just, her writing is beautiful. And so I kind of love that we have all different um, portions of the podcast for all different kind of people and what they love and what they kind of jive with in their own in their own way. So I love having that written form too. Wow. That's really cool. Well, uh, you know, it's really fun. Um, this adventure of podcasting, uh, (laughs) it's, it's, you learn a lot, um, a lot of lessons learned, you know, I'm still learning, uh, you know, on the fly here and half the time don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of turn the (laughs) record button on and we'll see what happens. We're doing Um, great. But, you know, there's a couple of things. One, I always I always tell people when when I'm, I'm t- talking to them about their new podcast they're sending out is I always say, um, make the episodes that you would want to watch. Mm-hmm. Also, remember that your channel is for an audience of one for you. Uh, and then it, it, your audience can join along with the thing. Mm, if it becomes more that. than that and you feel like I have to do this, then it becomes a job. So have mm-hmm. fun and, and mm-hmm. do the show you want to do. And and that's the way to do it. So, yeah, uh, Rebecca, uh, let's uh, let's get you to chime in here. Yeah, I was so excited. I've been seeing your little posts back and forth about this. I love the post about your studio. I don't know if you caught that one, Steve. It's so cute. Oh my oh, goodness, thank you. this little loft room, and it just looks <laughs> cozy and inviting, and just like you're going to have just some wonderful conversations up there. So, thank I guess you. one of my questions for you would be: What is it that you kind of sensed out there? in the landscape that said to you, there's a void, there's, this is needed, this dialogue, mm-hmm. these conversations, there's a space for me. What, when did you first start recognizing that? What did you sense out there that led you to this? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And it, it's probably a multiple answer question um, for me. Um, 
I think it started in the beginning of my faith crisis when I was searching for some kind of community and some kind of connection that was not only a space for people um, seeking historical truth within um, the LDS faith and history, but also um, a soft place to land. So what I what I like to say about my our podcast is that um, our truth be told is a soft place to land. Um, it's it's a place of truth, and it's a place of connection and community and faith journeys of all types and kinds. Um, it's all inclusive um, of every type of people and human humans. Um, it's just a place where I don't want it. To, I don't want it to be to go into that crude level, if that makes sense. I I want it to be still a place where people can tell their truth and where they are, but also a place where um, you can hold space for other people and not feel attacked in any way, if that makes sense. Um, so I couldn't when I first came or started going through my journey for me it was more like a, a huge shattering in a day and then it was kind of a picking up the little pieces and examining each piece and does this feel like god to me or does this not feel like god to me and then i would kind of leave the ones behind that didn't feel right keep the ones within me that did feel right and i was looking for kind of a soft place to land or a community that um wasn't so angry and I, I wasn't finding that space. Um, and, and it's okay to be angry. I, I want people to know that anger is, every emotion is, is a good emotion. You know what I mean? Is it, is okay to feel and okay to go through. So anger is not bad. It's just in that moment, I, I didn't need that. I needed a softer place. And so as I started to try and find that through all these different ways and like workshops and conventions and online and, you know, um, groups and pages and all these things, um, cause you lose your community, um, and it's hard. And I found, um, I love faith journey meetups. Um, that's kind of a, a woman and non-binary group online on Facebook. Uh, I love that group. Chelsea is amazing. Um, so shout out to her. She's done so good with that group and the um, club that she's formed there. And um, so I found that. I found little spaces, but I wanted, I, I wanted to make a place where my four daughters that I had brought up in this faith, if or when they chose not to believe, um, if they took that path for themselves, that there would be a, a community, a podcast, something that had women's voices that were calm and loving and still um, inviting and not so harsh. Cause I know that 
first coming out, it's it's hard. It's hard to be able to hear hear everything sometimes through the anger that you hear in a lot of people. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of where it it's always been with me. So I would say that it's two parts. It's always been with me from the very beginning because of the love of a mom for her daughters, you know, and wanting that space for them. Um, and then there's, you know, trying to find that place in other places and really trying to maybe see if those spaces can help you create that space for, you know, what you're wanting to do or what you feel like maybe your purpose is. And, you know, I tried that route. I I tried that. Um, it wasn't the right route. It wasn't the right space for a woman's voice um, to be heard and to um, build build the space that that had been with me from the beginning, like a softer place. Mm -hmm. And so um, as far as creating our truth be told, it's it comes from the love of me for my daughters. It comes from for building a softer place to land um, for those going through a faith transition. And it's also a place of truth. Um, truth is very important to me. Um, you can you can try and twist it and turn it and, you know, um, build your own way about it. But when truth is said from a place of love through someone's journey, there's something very connecting um, about that. And I love to... Um, I, I just wanted to create a space for that, create a space that um, where we can hold space for everyone wherever they are on their journey. You know, it's interesting because uh, you um, and I talked a few weeks ago and you had mentioned that there seems not to be a space in the post-Mormon, ex-Mormon community for spirituality. And yeah. that, that, that that's another aspect that you want to include into your program is the, is that you can still be spiritual you can still believe in god and be a post-mormon that you don't have to necessarily get rid of it all and and it seems that most of these uh, other um platforms don't really cater to people that still have a spiritual aspect to their lives yeah and it's and and a lot of people within the lds faith as soon as you say spiritual there steve would be like uh you know it'd be like no and um so it is a space of spirituality in the sense that we hold space for everyone to be in the spirituality that they have chosen. And that can be, um, you know, that can be an, an atheist, you know, that can be holding space for them where they are in their journey. And that's where they are in their journey. Mm -hmm. And might, might they change? Yes. Might they not? Yes. You know, but we can hold space to to listen to their truth and to really see them in that space. And can it be, you know, someone like me who spirituality to me is not a um, is not a person. It's a it's a love. It's a it's a divine love that is 
all within all of us, <laughs> you know, it's a connection within and not, not looking for that connection outside of me. And so for spirituality for myself, it's, um, you know, sometimes I, I call this connection, God, sometimes I call it divine love. Sometimes I just call it love, you know, and, um, the interesting thing to me is after leaving a high demand religion, I have been able to take time to really get to know these different types of religions and these different types of spaces people feel spirituality within. And um, like even um, Jesus, uh, I feel like outside of the LDS religion, I have gotten to know Jesus and have a deeper connection with Jesus than I ever did within the religion. So it's, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I just kind of allow myself that curiosity to not have to know, to not have to not have to pick something right now, you know, or not have to pick something ever. But just know that the connection I feel inside to the things that feel like God to me or like love to me. Hmm. Wow. Thank you. Now that's really cool. Um, Rebecca, what you got a question for? Yeah, no, I love that concept, Jen, because it really is just open to whatever you feel is is right for you. And I think growing up um, as a Latter-day Saint, it was very scripted for you. And you were pretty mm. much told what was spirituality, what was supposed to make you feel, how it was supposed to make you feel. And every post-Mormon has such a different journey and maybe different parts of their journey they're looking for different things and mm -hmm. spirituality the definition of that word is just out the window I think for most of us as we try to reclaim yeah. it and we just try to understand I've noticed in a lot of a lot of things that you post um, of course I'm connected to Jen on Facebook um, <laughs> a lot of nature like your your mm. beautiful farmhouse and you'll post mm -hmm. just these I don't know if you've seen these Steve just these beautiful pictures little vignettes of little nature scenes or vegetables and, and I got the sense that's really where, a, you know, a big part of your spirituality and just comfort and peace now at this point mm -hmm. come from, maybe that's why you bought your farmhouse. I'd love to hear more about that because I feel that's, that's a big part of you and how you're mm -hmm. finding your peace and your spirituality now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think nature has always been a big part of my story. Um, I think it, um, a lot of people that watched me um co-host in my last position will remember um the last month of me being there with the um the AP article that came out and we did a lot of podcasts um about um abuse and things like that and when when I was young I didn't um that's part of my story too and so um, there, there was a field down by my house, um, down the street from my house. And um, whenever I felt unsafe um, or remembered hard things, I would go down to this field that was by my house and um, 
it had a creek that ran through it and big trees and you know a big tree that had fallen over that I'd pretend was like a ship and I was like the captain of the ship and I just had like this amazing imagination as a child and this little part of Draper Utah you know became my little haven you know as a child and I would go there at probably every day I would go down there and my mom would yell at me and I'd go back for um, to eat or to go to sleep. But besides that, I was out there like, you know, picking flowers and making crowns and being the captain of the, the turned over tree, you know, ship and, you know, imagining all these things. And, you know, there was a rope swing that you could, you know, hold on to and swing out and like, let your toes glide along the, the top of the Creek off the water. And so nature was kind of my haven like as a child and it it still is it still is that today like it water in any form I love you know the ocean the lakes the you know I think it comes from that little creek you know when I was little and um just connecting to nature so um, we actually bought my farmhouse though, because my second oldest daughter is a trick rider in the circus. So she is an equestrian. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. She, um, she was doing like 4-H and she had a horse that we would, um, rent, you know, and we would go, she would take lessons and all this stuff. And it was less expensive for us to buy our own farm with our own horse than to rent the space and you know pay for all of that and so we started looking for a place where we had some property where we could get horses and she could um then have that for her and so that's what brought us to our little farm but now we have horses and a large garden and goats and chickens and a cat and dogs and fish and an aquaponic system and all the things. And so, um, but I do, yeah, if I get outside, I'm always happier. So it's, it was, um, I need light. I just know that like, I need, I need light. I need to go outside. And when I, I can't be in a dark room all day, every day, you know? So, um, but yes, you're right. <laughs> you're you're so right, I Rebecca. Was right. No, I can <laughs> say that uh, nature is the Exmo Cathedral, and and yeah. I think that's backed up. You hear so many people's experiences where they just needed to get outside, or they felt this elevated emotion outside. You know, they had been mm -hmm. told before that's the spirit, and they they get out into nature mm -hmm. and they realize no, it's I'm a human being, and this is what I experience and I relate to your comment on not being in a dark room my parents are very orthodox Mormons and when I go back and visit them on Sundays they keep the curtains closed so it's mm -hmm. more reverent and I just mm -hmm. jump out of my skin in that situation yeah, I remember one time I said that's enough I ran out into the backyard I mean this is maybe just a couple of years ago I'm a grown woman and I remember just standing in the backyard just facing the sun you you just have to to feel yeah. that light it really is your spirituality so I relate yeah. to that quite yeah. a bit can I yeah. ask one more question yes 
have another question. Oh, um, I just gave you a, uh, yeah. sorry, Steve. Steve, <laughs> out of it. It's just Jen and I, we're going to talk now. <laughs> please do, please do. <laughs> no, another post that I saw, you had a giant stack of material from Sandra Tanner's bookstore. And you said, look at it, everybody. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about what that's going to mean for your podcast, because I think you have some things in store where you're going to delve into some things. And I'd love to hear about that. Yes. So, um, so I wanted the podcast to mainly be about faith journeys or like certain, um, truth claims or like history or things like that, or really, um, just nowadays, what people's stories are and what they felt and what they went through, um, and what they loved and, and didn't. And so I want it mainly to be that, um, but then I am having a woman, who is going to be coming in to the podcast once a month. So once a month, we are going to dig into those lovely books from Sandra Tanner. And we are going to do a truth claim or a, a modern day revelation that we are going to go through and kind of see the difference from when we were like true believing Mormon to our kind of views that have changed about that certain doctrine now that we are post-Mormon and kind of look at that but in a in a respectful eye um not not going any anywhere dark within that but just kind of looking at it and seeing what what truths, how we feel now may be different than how we feel felt then about it. Um, and we're going to do that once a month. So it's going to be, that podcast will be the last Tuesday of every month will be the truth came podcast. Hmm. And so um, we're going to just do that once a month, just because I don't, that's not the feel that I want to portray within the podcast all the time. I, you know, sometimes that gets really hard, you know, truth claims and history and um, different thoughts and perspectives on that um, and the the apologetics of it all and everything like that can some kind, sometimes be hard, but I think it's also good to go through those. And I think that in this space, this post-Mormon space, we don't have a woman's point of view on the history and the truth claims. And so having this woman come in and do that with us once a month and seeing from her perspective and my perspective um, with what we've lived within the faith, how that plays into the truth claims and the historical claims of the LDS church from our point of view. Because some things that might not seem like a big deal to the patriarchy within the church, we might have a different take on that. And I, I seem to be finding that sometimes. <laughs> so I'm excited about, about that. It's all about the lens that you're looking through. And everyone yeah. has a different lens. And it's so interesting to hear those different perspectives. You see things in a whole new way. So, well, I'm excited. When I saw that stack of materials, I thought, whoa, Jim's going to go to town. That's oh, my gosh. Cool. You should have seen me in Sandra's bookstore. I'm a, it's not a big bookstore. Like it's like one room in this old, older house in yeah. downtown Salt Lake, you know? So it's one room, but she just has like shelves and they're all like stacked on the shelves and they only keep like one or two books of each thing on the shelf because it's so limited space in there. 
And so I was just going, <laughs> I was just going through the bookshelves and I'm like, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. And before long I had, what was it? Three, two big Xerox boxes full of all the material from her, her bookstore. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, Sandra. I'm sorry. Like as I took more and more down because she like, they'd have, they have to restock like right away. <laughs> so they had to go back and restock the whole, the whole place when I left that day. Cause it was, it, it's amazing. It's amazing what work her and Gerald have done yep. in their time and in their, their lifetime. And shout out to Sandra Tanner for being the first like woman, like, I want to say a, a word, but I won't <laughs> like, she's just like, so amazing. So amazing. She's, you know, to be, be doing this right now, to be looking at history and looking at truth claims with the internet and with all the books that are published now and all those things, that's one way that's easy. Like we got it easy for yeah. us, you know, but Sandra Tanner, her and Gerald are going to the church archives, you know, and copying things and going home and then like putting them against each other and like, you know, seeing what is and what really was and what wasn't and like finding things that didn't make sense and then going back and finding, you know, looking for more to like, see if they could figure it out. Like, that's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. That's the first, you know, she's the one of the first women in this whole truth claim kind of era, but she's doing it back when she had nothing, you know, except for what the LDS church would allow her to look at, you know, in their archives. So she's, I just love her. I love her so much. I so just think you, she's so great. Do you think you'll have her on as a guest? Yes, I know I will. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's talk about that. Why don't you give us a, a preview of maybe some of the guests that you are lining up for your program that you've probably already pre-taped with or are scheduling to have come on? Yeah. So um so Sandra and I I really wanted to be respectful of everyone's journey and how they're going through it and what they've kind of ended up, you know, connecting with. And I know um Christmas time is really important to those who believe in Christ. And um, I, so I wanted to interview someone around Christmas time that I knew had a connection and a spirituality that connected with Christ in some way, because I wanted to be respectful of that time for them. And so I um, asked Sandra Tanner if it was okay, if I, um, I'm going to go to her bookstore and do her interview there because she's shutting down her bookstore in February. And I really wanted to document that beautiful place that has been there for so long and her and Gerald and their journey from there. And so I thought it would be so fun to do our podcast there. So I'm going to pack up all my stuff here and go to Sandra Tanner's and um, we're going to, we're going to film, I believe in November, but it'll come out right around Christmas time. Um, just because I wanted it to be a special time of year for her. So, um, so Sandra Tanner, I've done, um, Laura Randall has been on. I don't know if you guys know Laura Randall. She's so amazing. We've done 
um, a podcast about um, priesthood from a woman's perspective and also um, sister missionary, mother of a missionary kind of perspective from that. And then um, I'm so excited about our first podcast. And let me tell you about Sarah. She, so this coming Monday at noon Mountain Standard Time, we are going to do a podcast um, with Sarah Newcomb. She is indigenous and she's also an indigenous activist. And she has the, the website called lamanitetruth.com. And it's a space where she is reconnecting to the history of the indigenous people and also how that connects into the um, LDS narrative and the ch the changes or that she's found as she went from a believing member to a non-believing member and her journey there. And then now, now how um, she can help the indigenous children connect more to their, their heritage um, that they come from. And it's just a beautiful story. And she's very loving and respectful, yet empowered and powerful in her voice and is just such an amazing woman. And then she also offered to come on for a live podcast. So a live Q&A as soon as the podcast is over on Monday so that people can ask any questions that they have about um the Lamanite connection with the indigenous people as far as the Book of Mormon goes, um, any history, any questions they have about her faith journey. She's just opened up that time for questions. And I think that's just a beautiful gift to offer the listeners. Um, Cause sometimes we're a little bit shy about asking questions that could maybe seem not right, or maybe seem like, you know, we're kind of scared to ask, but we really want to ask, you know, about something within history or um, a personal story. And you need to be respectful of people's space. And when they want to share something that is very deep and powerful or part of their story, and when they don't want to share, you know, when they want to share and when they don't want to share, you need to respect that place. And so, um, I thought it was beautiful that she offered that space for us, you know, where we can come and we can ask her any questions. And so that will come on right after her podcast ends. We're just going to jump on. You guys can call in or you can just comment in. It will all be live. And then um, those will just be on the podcast for if you can't join at that time, you can join at a, at a later time just listening to their Um but I might keep the rest of them a little quiet until I know, until I put them out there, just because I'm super excited about them. But I, I don't want to give all the fun stuff out of the out of the bag yet. But I am so excited about who's coming on the podcast and who has reached out to me to want to support me. I'm going to get a little emotional. Has been so amazing. And... I feel it, you know, it's been, it's been a hard month and a half for me. And so it means a lot. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. 
um it means a lot it means a lot to to me and um it means a lot to me that people like that people believe in me you know they believe that you know this space is needed and this podcast is needed and it's important you know it's important to hear truth claims and history of the church from a woman's point of view it's important to hear you know faith journeys of of women in all stages of life um and ones that aren't just out in the media and have a social following you know just normal people you know normal stories um they're important too and so i want to really you know go back to just hearing people and connecting with people and we are a women led podcast and we will have a lot of women voices on this on this podcast uh, but at the same time you know i am interviewing you steve i'm in interviewing um mark osland i'm interviewing like there's a lot of men in the lineup too because i i think it's important to have conversations you know between us um and to really hear what they they went through too you know and their journeys too oh i will give you a tiny hint of one project that i'm doing that i'm like so excited about but um the the flds i am i am doing a big project um to kind of go back into some of the truths of the flds and their perspective now um kind of during the time of warren jeffs and moving forward for them you know like how they're rebuilding short creek with elisa wall and more more getting down with them like going to their places and filming there um listening to them understanding from their perspective like going there with love and with wanting to really see them and not and see the men too I don't I don't think we hear the men's story very often and so I'm really interested into talking to some of the men and trying to understand from their perspective and the women also um so I this project to me that um I'm going to start next week is super close to my heart. Um, I do have family members that are polygamous. And so I, I, there's a certain part of me that just wants to know them better because most of us are not within my family. I never got to know them. I, I think I remember going to their house once in my whole life. And I'm 44 right now. So that's that's a long time to not, you know, not to connect and not to know your own family. So I've reached out to them and they've actually answered me. And so I'm hoping to be able to include my my family and some of our story within that. And so I'm super, I'm super excited about a lot of things that I have coming up, but mostly just the love and support that I felt from everyone. So thank, I just want to say a thank you to everyone that has reached out or accepted or just been cheering me on in this journey. It really means a lot to me. 
you know, one of the things that's so fascinating about you, and of course, when I was on the program with you and we were talking and I was like getting real time reactions to hearing things for the first time. And, and it, it was, I was getting feedback like in between takes and during the interview. And I just, I tell people about you because I was like, you know, she, she literally is in this faith crisis and a faith journey. And she's trying to put the pieces back together and she's doing it in the public sphere. Uh, what, how does that feel to do that? What's that like? Yeah, it's, you know, in some ways it was very healing because um, not everyone gets to, you know, sit shoulder to shoulder with Sandra Tanner and ask her whatever questions you want to, you know, or, you know, have someone who studies trauma and is in traumatic situations and can kind of break it down for you. Um, you know, um, and have specialists and have historians and have like all these people like right there in front of me where, you know, before or after or during the interview, I can ask them questions and, and be there um, with them. Um, there's just, so I, I understand how, um, I don't really like to use the word blessed. It's, it's hard for me still, but, um, I just feel very grateful for having that opportunity for that time. Um, I've met so many amazing people and I don't feel like I met anyone that I wouldn't want to call my friend. And so, um, and there's been so many people that have really helped in my healing, like, um, Randy Bell is an amazing man. And, um, he sent me his book that's coming out in January about trauma. And I started reading, reading it a couple days ago and it's just amazing. <laughs> like he's his perspective because of all the places that he's been in these traumatic situations has, um, allowed him to write this book about healing from trauma and it's I'm I'm only in one chapter but it's so good it's so good and just having all those perspectives I feel very grateful um for that opportunity that I had there um just all the people I've met and connected with that's what I would say is the greatest joy from that um time of my life in that position. Um, the hard thing was that, um, I was a year into my transition into my faith journey when I received that position. And so I was only a year. So there were things like that I hadn't discovered yet on my own. And so sometimes when those things would come up, because people hadn't heard my story um, and I wasn't ready to say any of my story. Um, I, it was connecting for me and it was like uh, a, a reaction for me and my story and, you know, what's going on inside of me, but to everyone else, um, they just saw the emotion of it. 
And um, I want to, I do want to stop right here and say that we're taught in the LDS church that like anger and emotion is bad. Like there's bad emotions. There's, there's no emotion that is bad. There's no emotion that is wrong to feel. Um, there's actions from those emotions <laughs> that are wrong, you know, and need to not happen. But feeling something is teaching you something, you know, and for me, it's, it comes with tears usually, you know, and it comes, I'm very empathetic. I'm very intuitive where I can feel the other person easily. And so when they're crying or when they're having an emotion, I feel that from them and I understand that. And most of the time, in most of the stories, there's part of my story that connects to that. And so um, there was a lot of that connection. And for me, it comes through, you know, getting a little emotional and tears. And it's something that was told to me is bad or is not okay, you know, to cry all the time. Or there'd be comments that would come in that would be like, you know, Jen needs therapy. Like Jen shouldn't be on here, you know, listening to these things. She's too, it's too early for her in her faith crisis. Um, she's too emotional. I don't, you know, all these things, but for me, I, I'm fine with who I am. I, I am intuitive and I am empathetic and it shows through tears and emotion and that's who I am. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with understanding that people who don't connect with that, that's, that's for them to think about and understand for themselves why that is, that that's hard for them to see me emotional. But for me, um, I'm okay with me, you know, and I, I like who I am. And I like that I still feel emotion. Mm, yeah yeah that's that you know i i, I kind of can connect with you on that you know because i'm kind of an empathetic person uh, you know we i shed some tears uh, uh, on my program and other programs it's mm -hmm. happened and uh that's i think it's a healing thing for me it's it's actually a good because for a long time i kept a lot of my feelings bottled up mm -hmm. and repressed them mm -hmm. and so i think that it's it's a it's a healing thing rebecca let's 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 you're up next I'm up next, boy, back and forth. Um, <laughs> I want to know um, about your family and are they excited for you? What do your daughters think? What does your husband think? Um, I'd love to hear their reaction to this journey and what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So my husband is 100% supportive. He's so, he's actually really happy that I am doing my own podcast and that, um, the success and the um, journey it's already taken for me and how it's just, I think just, it feels right. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm very like, um, I talk that way, um, <laughs> connecting to myself, but I, it just feels right. It feels like a space where I can thrive in. Um, so he's happy because I'm happy <laughs> and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling like, um, this is the right place. 
um, and needed a needed space. So he's, he's loving it. Um, he's, he also, he actually left, um, the church about four years before me. So he was the first one. So his, his journey started before mine. Um, I kind of doubled down and was like extra Molly Mormon, you know, <laughs> those four years. So, um, bless his heart. <laughs> he's stuck, he's stuck with me, but, um, I hope to share more of our story one day because we have we've been married since we were 18 and um had our first baby at 18. So we've we've had a, a long journey together. Um, but he's so supportive and and I love him to death. So um and then we have four daughters. Um the age age range is 25 to 16 right now, and some are in um still believing in the LDS religion and some are um, not and have their own journey that they're on right now. And so it's kind of, it's kind of an unique situation. And I, I know that um, there's many people that are in this same unique situation, you know, where part of their family is and, and part isn't, I believe yours is too, Rebecca, correct? Yeah, my son is leaving yeah. for his mission in three days. Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean about that yeah. careful tightrope that you're walking. Yes, yes, because you want you know you want to love them, right. and 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 you want them to know that you, um like religion has no condition on that love. Yeah. So that's very important. That you know coming out of that space, you that's important to for them to know that religion has no no boundary on how I love you, um, whether it's believing or not believing. So there's that part of it. And there's also um, understanding that you, you brought them up within that religion, you know, you brought them up in that and you expected them to believe it and you expected them to follow all the things. And that, you know, until for my girls, until two years ago, the, their mom was Molly Mormon, you know, and and it's led to a lot of um, hard conversations in the fact that I've had to apologize to them for bringing them up in this perfection um, that was expected of them and a path that was already in place for them. And to kind of say, I'm sorry for that. And please be your own person and please, you know, choose your path and be who you want to be. And there's no boxes to check off that make you any more worthy or loved or enough than, um, there's no more boxes, basically period. There's no boxes. So it's a, it's a hard conversation because if one thing in my life I wanted to do, right, it was being a mom, you know, wanted to be perfect in that's what I would choose. Um, so it was hard to go back and kind of apologize to them and, and hear how there were things that were really hard that I didn't do well at, you know, um, though I thought I was doing the best and being the best mom at the time. Um, and I, they've told me that they all always knew I loved them and all these things, but there was also an expectation 
of being, you know, being perfect and checking off all the boxes and all these things. And I had to sit with them and just take it, like take what they were saying and believe them and accept that for them, that's how it felt. And I, and there was still that part of me that wanted to say, oh no, like, I didn't mean it like that. Like I, I you know, I wanted to be like, well, I was, no, nah, nah. you know, there's still that part where you want to like, oh, but I tried really hard to just accept their truth for what their truth was, because it's not my place to tell them what their truth was. And, um, but that was a really, really hard conversation. I tried to be brave, even though of course there were tears, but then I remember going up to my room and just being devastated. I bawled and cried and just, it was hard. It was hard in that space to know that, um, to know I didn't do it perfectly like I thought I was doing before. And um, so that's, that. there's that space. But I, I want to say now, opening up that conversation with them and having that um, conversation back and forth with my daughters that I love that they can tell me that. I love that they know that I'm not perfect. And I love that they know that um, when I've done something wrong, that I'm going to own up to it and that I'm going to say, I'm sorry, and I'm going to try better. And I want them to know that I'm trying to try better. And um, it's it's been interesting. You know, it's I'm still uh, not perfect. And I know that <laughs> and I'm OK with that. And I'm not perfect, but um, it was funny. One of my daughters, my second daughter said, uh, I love how you talk to Gracie, mom. Gracie's my youngest. She's like, I love how you talk to her. I love like the way I see you parent her. She's like, and sometimes mom, it makes me jealous hmm. that I would, that you didn't say those things to me, like in that way. So I get it. You know, I get how that it's hard. It's hard transitioning at like in your forties, you know, when you have brought a family up in it. So I feel you, Rebecca. <laughs> yep. It's hard in your forties. It's hard in your fifties. <laughs> that's just what it is. I always think of it as it's just the long game with kids. It really is the long games. There, there's mm -hmm. a lot of twists and turns and, and you just mm -hmm. have to be kind to yourself. And, you know, yeah. as long as they know that you love them, I feel like eventually you can work past everything. It's the long game. So that's what yeah. I tell myself is I take my son to the home MTC, which he <laughs> won't do in our home mm -hmm. because we have a post-Mormon household. So it's yeah, true. like I said, you just love them no matter what they say that just stabs you in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some things so, are really hard. Like I know uh, one of my, one of my daughters is that's still believing, you know, has a, a boyfriend that we adore. He's so good. Oh, I just adore him. Um, but they're both believing Mormons. And I know if they get married that yeah. I will be sitting outside yeah. the temple that day. And yeah. so, um, and that's hard. That's yeah. hard to think about. So, um, yeah, there's hard things and there's really good things that are coming from, from the faith transition. So, yeah. Hmm. Hard things and really good things. What a mm. way to look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got a few things I want to cover with you. Um, 
yeah. before we let you go today. Um, <laughs> first of all, I guess I'll be taping an interview later this month with you, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Um, yeah. I just want to know uh, how often, uh, like what days of the week and how often will you be releasing episodes? Okay, um, so I'm planning on just releasing once a week, okay. releasing the episodes once a week. Um, I haven't decided on a for sure day of the week yet. Um, our first one is going to be, um, our launch day is Monday, October 10th, but that was an intentional. Um, well, it wasn't at first. We picked that day and then I found out that it's um, Indigenous People's Day. And so that worked out perfectly, perfectly aligned with that for um, Sarah and her story. So this first story will be on Monday, October 10th at noon. Um, I think um, the following weeks, I've kind of leaned towards Tuesdays. So look for the um, podcast coming out on Tuesday. And then the blog about each guest will come out the Friday before. So you can, oh. over the weekend, you can kind of read the blog, get to know who's coming on and <laughs> that interviewee. And um, and then the the episode will come out on Tuesdays. That's kind of the, the thing I'm looking forward to um, doing right now, though it could change. Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, well, where can I, everyone find you on social media? Like I've joined okay. your Facebook page. Are you mm -hmm. on all the other platforms? Give some direction on where we can access you and get all the current information about what's going on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so if you go to our website, um, ourtruthbetold.com, you ha can find all the links there. But we do have a um, a YouTube channel. They're all called Our Truth Be Told. So Our Truth Be Told YouTube channel. We have Instagram and we also have Facebook. We have our page and we also have a group uh, where people can discuss things after the interview or kind of connect with each other there more. Uh, we also have the blog that goes out and that's from our website. And we do have a Patreon and that there's some things there that I'll do as far as like just um, getting feedback or chats or lives or things like that. I'll kind of keep on to that Patreon page. Um, I kind of want to keep the Our Truth Be Told YouTube and um, Spotify and Apple and all the audio ones where you can find our podcast. I want to keep that more just the stories and the actual podcasts. So all the little, you know, connecting and things will be done on the Patreon or on the Facebook or Instagram kind of pages. And then um, we do have a PayPal link at the top for if you'd like to um, donate to the podcast, you can do that there. And um, try to think what else is on the podcast there. Every once in a while, we are going to have events or courses uh, that we will be doing online. So uh, everyone who can can join into those, but we'll post about those on our website also. Um, you had mentioned that you have a co-host and you talked a little bit about her. Can you tell us a little bit more about her? About her? Yeah, Ari is, um, right now she's just, she's chosen just to do the blog. So the, oh, okay. the writing and the blog. She, um, she is going to join for some of the panel discussions and things like that. Um, but she's made a choice at this time that she wants to stay more in the in the background and not on the podcast all the time. So um, you'll see her more in 
in that area of the podcast for now. But I want to um, state that that part of our our truth be told is important to me. It's important for um, like the blog is important and the panel discussions and getting other voices are so important to me. So she still plays a huge role. And she also um, like uh, emails the guests and talks to the, the guests before they come on the podcast. She's just amazing. But for her, she's chosen at this time to kind of stay with just the blog for now. But hopefully we'll get to see more of her soon. Okay, cool. Um, and then I'll make sure I have links to your YouTube page as well as oh, to your thanks. main website. So folks mm -hmm. you can go in there and uh, access it that way. Our Truth Be Told uh, on all the major podcast formats as well as on YouTube. Um, so look for that and, and get, make sure you get subscribed and you get set it up so that you get notified when the new episode comes out. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I do have another question for you. Okay. Because now this is when Mormon media reviews becomes Mormon oh. book reviews. <laughs> I should, I should change the background, you know. <laughs> um, change it up. <laughs> I, uh, you had mentioned that you were clearing out some old space uh, files and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And you were, you were um, just going through and you apparently you started writing a book about at the very beginning of your faith journey. You totally forgot about it. <laughs> I did. And, and then you're like, whoa, here's this book. So is there a book yeah. in the offering? Maybe tell us about that, a little bit about that book and what it's called. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is a sign that, you know, I'm not supposed to podcast my story. I'm supposed to write it. I don't know. We'll see what comes about, a, you know, from this, but um, no, I'm sure I'll still do a podcast, but uh, yeah, I was clearing out my computer um, because I wanted the podcast. I do a lot of podcasts like this also where the person's far away. And so I was trying to make space on my computer and I was going through all these old files that were large so I could delete them if I didn't need them anymore. And I hit this one and it pops up and I, I, it kind of takes me back for a second and I start to read it and I forgot all about it. I, I did not remember doing this. I, it must've been in the first months of the trauma trauma where I don't I don't remember about it but I just started writing my story like my story from a child um up you know through growing up LDS and then my experiences after it's not finished so I stopped it sometime and but but I had started I had started and and written quite a bit and yeah I don't know. So I found that and it was interesting to me to read my own thoughts um, right when it was starting. And what was, what were you going to call in the book again? Um, so the book that's saved is called My Quilted Soul. Hmm. So um, it's called My Quilted Soul. As I was reading it, um, another name popped in my head that um because there's a lot of like the way the chapters are set up is another name could be a new name so it's a it's interesting it's interesting to have found that and read my own perspective that I had forgotten I had written so um 
So there's a half a books out there. <laughs> if anyone okay. wants to publish a half a book, it's ready. It's ready to go. No. Steve's <laughs> writing a book. Janice, I am out of the I need to get going or, or something. Boy, you guys are you guys are great. Well, I think Jennifer, yeah. you're gonna be capable of working on the book. The nice thing is you 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 uh you have audio you, you have transcripts already of all your uh, that you've already done on podcasts. So that can you could use some of that as part of your book as well, mm. which is, is quite helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's a possibility you could do it. So folks, I want you to leave comments and tell me, uh, <laughs> do you think that Jennifer should write a book? Let's encourage them. Let's encourage Jennifer to write a book and then we can have your Mormon book reviews and I'll, re I'll, I'll even try to give it a nice review, you know? Okay, it's just, it might be hard. It might be hard to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I just want to thank um, Rebecca once again for being a wonderful co-host to this program. Um, I really appreciate the work that you've been doing for this channel. Um, was there, Rebecca, was there anything else you wanted to cover before we, uh, we, we, we wow. set off? Boy, we have covered so much. I'm just, mm. I'm just really excited for you, Jen. I'm excited Thank for you. Monday. And like I said, I'm on your Facebook page and I've just seen, um, so many people like you, that was going to be one of my questions to you talk about the response and support. And I've seen it, you know, mm -hmm. just on Facebook as people write you and said, this is so needed and we're so excited for you mm -hmm. and we can't wait. And I think it's going to be like a snowball. It's just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. So we are excited to keep tabs and see what happens. <laughs> Thank you. And I appreciate you guys having me on. This is the first public thing I've done, um, since leaving, um, my previous job. And so I appreciate you offering the space and allowing me to um, to be here and to uh, let everyone know about the new adventure that I'm on and the women-led podcast that we're starting and just kind of be able to get that voice out there. And I hope that people of all kinds will come and listen and just hold space for others wherever they are um, as they listen on the podcast. I I would love for people of all faiths and all uh, paths of spirituality to tell their story, to connect with us, to listen, to allow us to see them for who they are and what they connect to. And I just thank you for this opportunity to be here and connect with the both of you again, because I um, love and appreciate both of you and consider both of you a dear friend to me. So I appreciate the space that you've offered me. Uh, anytime, Jennifer. Really appreciate mm -hmm. the, everything you do. And, uh, and, and, and thank you for coming in my life, because it's been a real privilege to get to know mm -hmm. you. And uh, this, you're just you're at just at the beginning of a wonderful, exciting journey, <laughs> and I want to wish you Godspeed in your endeavor. Thank um, you. And uh, folks, I just want to thank you for sitting in. Now this was taped on Friday, October seventh, and we're doing this late in the afternoon on the East Coast. <laughs> and I'm going to get it posted sometime tonight because we wanted to really give oh. a good uh, a good a good send off, you know, for you, and, and that, that this channel will really uh, take off for you. And uh, so I just want to remind our audience to don't forget to like and subscribe and hit the notification button to be informed when the new episode comes out. That includes for her channel as well. And also <laughs> just remember, if you'd like to support the channel, uh, there will be links to support us on PayPal, uh, Patreon, as well as our merch store, mormonbookreviews.com, which by the way, I, that's why I asked if you had your mug, because I got my mug. Yeah. I need a mug. I'm getting on right now. <laughs> 
There you I'm go. getting on right now. Pretend. I'll have my yes. mug next time. Woo! Absolutely. These are my best sellers, the coffee mugs of really? all people. Yeah. I love it. I love so, it. Uh, so there's plenty of things in our merch store that you can help support us with as well. I'll just leave comments. Let us know what you think about the channel, uh, about uh, this episode. We really, I love hearing from the audience. I do love my audience and you all know that. And just a reminder, folks, just remember all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.